for Heat Lightning. My name's Nathan, your most cumulonimbus host. I don't know what that is. My name's Andy, your most air-conditioned host. And I'm Pat, your most serious host. They laughed at us for living in Ohio. They laughed at us. But who has, like, we had, like, 70-some degree weather when the entire West was covered in 110, 120-degree weather. <laughs> it's still been pretty hot. It's been, like, 90s. Yeah, it was definitely more than 70s. <laughs> um, but we don't get earthquakes. We don't really get, like, wildfires. Um, we do get tornadoes, but not really that badly. And, like, we're too far from the coast for hurricanes. Yeah, the Democratic parts of the state don't get tornadoes. God's just punishing all the red areas. I mean, there are some tornadoes, but it's not it's not as bad as, like, you know, the very flat parts of the country that get a lot of tornadoes. What's important is after the apocalypse and everything collapses... We also have one of the biggest sources of fresh water in the world right at our doorstep. And so we will be rich That's in a true. variety of ways. Do not, my friends, become addicted to water. It will take hold of you, and you will resent its absence. Although the joke is that Ooh, yeah. Ohio is like a whole bunch of cornfields. I guess we're just not the most flat cornfields, but... Um... You know, you you get. I mean, they're pretty. You drive flat. through Ohio, and if you see a cornfield, then like you've seen all of Ohio. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I get mean, you. I think uh, there you have to drop a Grandpa's cheese barn in there somewhere. Oh yeah, and uh, hell is real sign. Right, right. <laughs> oh, and touchdown Jesus, which was struck by lightning and burnt down. You have to kind of go out of your way to get to Touchdown Jesus, though. It's, like, in Dayton, right? You have to, like, go off of 71. Not re- I mean, it. no, it's right off of uh, 70. Guys, it's this, right is off the of 70. Worst, this is the worst pod we've ever recorded. This conversation you're having right now is relevant <laughs> to no one. You literally see it as you drive down 70 between, yeah, like, basically from Columbus to Cincinnati. <laughs> Californians. Anywhere. And that that was seemingly your your indication to continue down <laughs> the same path. It's amazing. Well, I, I, well, I, I get that finish. Nathan is uh, antsy to talk about his week. What have you been up to, bro? I've been home. That's been good. Uh, no more clearing out a house. We have an actual tenant in the house that Lexi and I were working on, so that's very, very nice. exciting. Cool. I don't know. Like, I don't. I feel like I've been very busy, but also not really. Like, I have not been doing a whole lot. So that's what you got all pushy about? <laughs> I think it was only pushy about your terrible sign conversation that no one's ever seen. Touchdown um, Jesus is a meme, like a famous meme. What are you talking about? Yeah, have you about? never seen Touchdown Still, Jesus? Touchdown, Touchdown Jesus I'm, is a meme that people from outside of Ohio know. They just don't know that it's in Ohio, but it's like... Right. It's a big deal. Drive along I-75 between Dayton and Cincinnati just won't be the same. That's because a well-known landmark, the Statue of Jesus, has been reduced to a shell. Hard pass. So, yeah, everything's been fine here. I've One thing, so I spent essentially two weeks in Toledo with Lexi clearing out that house and everything. And it was incredibly stressful in a bunch of different ways. But one thing that I hadn't realized is, like, I hadn't been able to cook essentially in two weeks 
And, like, I really enjoy cooking, and I enjoy, like, using a lot of fresh ingredients and having, like, tons of salads and stuff. And so, like, it's – that's been one really nice thing about this week is, like, I've just been able to get back to, like, the normal routine. Nice. So that's been good. Um, but, yeah, not not a whole heck of a lot. Andy, how's your week? Um, sore. I've been working out more again. So oh, that's I great. had, like my, – my brother had – his bar is coming up. He's taking the bar exam coming on up soon. And so he had to really focus on that. And so my I had no accountability anymore. So I stopped working out for about a week and a half or so, two weeks. Um, and so I kicked it back into gear and got a six-week plan between now and the wedding. And try and get... Uh, but you said Arnold you ran an incredible amount. Didn't you say you ran like a... Uh, a 10k or something it's not an incredible amount 6.2 miles 10k <laughs> i mean um i don't know where so you're sitting but monday, from where right. i'm sitting that's that's a pretty long run monday i ran a 5k and then i did this like metabolic ladder type workout tuesday was a light day just the 10k that's today yeah that's today tomorrow i have a 5k in the morning and then just some basic like simple strength throughout the day you know, I'm, I try and break it up, but there's definitely, like, some medium distance running and and strength and metabolic, like, high-intensity workouts. I'm trying to, I, I so I'm trying to balance, like, a good workout for me with also I'm running a 10K race the week before the wedding, so I have to train for that as a, for running. So I'm trying to do both, and it's going to hurt. Well, good for you, man. I mean, that's... That's pretty impressive to me to even just run like 6.2 miles. Like that's well, pretty good. I mean, I certainly couldn't can't just like roll out of bed. I mean, it takes like working on it for sure. Like I it it's take it took a couple years to build up that kind of endurance where I could tackle that. That's great. So kind of semi recently I've been going through this, like, mental change, maybe, where I sort of have come to realize that just I am of a certain age where I'm just supposed to go out of my way to exercise on a daily basis so that I can keep living for, like, an extended period of time. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, like... You just sort of have to do it. There's not really any other way around it. You can't get... Like, the electroshock ab machine thing doesn't... That's not real. That doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like... Welcome to the world of electronic muscle stimulators, more commonly referred to as EMS. Your electronic muscle stimulator is a highly sophisticated but easy-to-use device. It's a versatile product which can revolutionize your life. Men and women around the world use EMS. EMS is an electronic device that helps you burn fat, maintain a slim body, tone flabby muscles, and relax tense muscles, all without drugs, diets, or strenuous exercise. And you can accomplish all this while pursuing your daily activities such as resting, watching television, even reading. Um, you have you just have to exercise, or I do anyway, or like good cardiovascular health. I, and I have to just eat better. Like, I, I have to have... I can't have cheese for a meal. It's just not a thing I can do anymore. And that's fine, but I... You know, it's like... 
now I'm at the stage of learning how to, in the Camus way, lean into rolling the boulder up the hill, right? Um, Your Sisyphean task. Right. I have to find my my joy in it, and and I. Well, it, you could you could eat cheese as a meal. But then you would deal with the consequences of eating right, cheese. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> and then and you that's... have your your big tough poops after that. Oh man! Here's the thing: what you're doing is like objectively impressive, and this you should not... like you should like be happy about that. So sure, good yeah. for you. It may not be where you want to be, but like it's it's impressive. It's all about context. So right. No, it's fine. I'm I'm good with like I'm I'm excited for the next like six weeks where I'm gonna be doing this super high intense workouts. After that though, I'm I'm gonna back it off a bit so that I'm not doing like two different workouts on the same day. I'll find a way to juggle them both, but with right. only one. <laughs> like I don't I'm not training for like the NFL here. I don't need to be doing two a days. For for context, I ran zero k today. <laughs> Yes, I, I matched that. Shorter running, I, I don't actually really like. The one mile, two miles, like, I can do that half a mile. It's it's fine um, for, like, in the context of a larger workout or something. But what I really, really like about a nice longer run is once I get over that, like, 5K threshold, the three miles, roughly. The hump? Um, yeah. Well, really, it kicks in at about a mile and a half to two miles, and I don't know if it's the the runner's high, but it's like, I just find that my body is on, kind of flips into autopilot to a certain extent. Interestingly, you you actually switch your metabolism at that point from, like, the short-term ATP that you're, like, normally burning, like your sugar... Hmm. Your your like carbohydrates that you ATP adenosine triphosphate. It's produced in the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> yes, exactly. Powerhouse of the cell. And the and then you switch over. Then you switch over to fat burning, and um, like you said, the runner's high. Hmm. Like, then you're more like in the zone. So, yeah. So what like what I what I ended up finding out was that these. Switch, and I, I know we want to move on, but the switch from um, 5K to 10K was a lot easier than getting from, like, running one miles to getting to 5K. Well, my my week was super uninteresting. The only interesting thing that I did was I did drive downtown, like, from the west side to home. Okay. Uh, in the middle of the fireworks. And uh, it, it actually was, like, really cool and, like... It felt it felt weird because it felt like the fireworks were all going off like just for me, um, <laughs> which obviously wasn't true. Um, but also, people were driving like idiots, uh, yeah, because all the fireworks were going off. Having driven Uber during the Fourth of July for several years, I've noticed if you're driving during the fireworks, it's actually pretty dope because <laughs> there's like very few people on the road driving. Mm-hmm. Immediately before, immediately after the fireworks is the worst thing ever. Mm, Right. So, but good for you. But yeah, I mean, there's like this awesome view of downtown normally when you're crossing over like the, the, what is it, 90 bridge. Um, But during that, like, there's 
a, an incredible view of like just like the valley sort of like surrounding Ohio. Mm-hmm. So you can see like there's all of these different districts that are shooting off their fireworks. It was pretty cool. And then the only other thing is that um, we reset our Minecraft server. This is how boring my life is. That <laughs> the most significant thing that happened to me this week is that we rebooted our Minecraft server. But um, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Pat and I have been playing that together. And uh, yeah, that has definitely been a highlight of my week too. I haven't been able to spend a ton of time on there. But but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So what are we covering today? Oh, a few things. So many things. We're doing the lightning round. So we are going to try and hit a bunch of news topics that have gone on recently because we haven't covered just like the straight news for a while mm-hmm. um and a bunch of stuff has come up like yeah. a crazy amount of stuff has come up recently so it just seems yeah. like a good time for us to slide in we have a couple of like oh great episodes in the can that we're waiting to edit but that we thought like it was important to talk about some of this stuff i think we need to roll 2d6 right oh is that what we're doing all right cool all right i'm gonna make i don't actually have my dice here anymore right i'm also i'm going to make dice rolling sounds with my mouth when i click the button on google (laughs) clickety clackety clack (laughs) yep that's eight click hey i got a ten clack clack i got a five all right so pat me nathan you don't have to go first. You get choice. Fair enough. I'm happy to go first. Okay. Andy, you want to go second? Yeah, that's fine. Then we have an accord. Yeah. So, um, the first one that I want to cover, and this is like a pretty obvious thing that has been in the news and has been a big deal. In Florida, there is a condo building mm. that has collapsed in Surfside. Uh, a community that's in Florida. And um, it's been really terrible, and it's been, like, sort of the big ongoing news story. And go. What I heard as of today, roughly 30-some people, 32 people are confirmed as dead. But 36, I believe, 36. yeah. Uh, 120-something, I think, are missing, or 130-something are missing. So yeah. sort of thought to be dead yeah in in situations like this it's it's ludicrous to me to like think about like how many bodies they found versus how many people are missing because you can pretty much guarantee that all those missing people are also bodies just that we haven't found yet well and it's been a week so like they would have probably likely died of thirst well, and you'd think that, like, people who... If they survived the crash. People who just weren't there, like the guy who was saved because he went to visit his girlfriend. Mm. Eric's luck started on Wednesday night when he played soccer and then went to his girlfriend's place, where they had friends over to watch the Brazil and Colombia game. But when the night was coming to a close and Eric started to leave, his girlfriend, Fernanda Figueiredo, told him to stay. She said to me, when do you do we have a Wednesday night, just the two of us? I say, you stay with me. It was so unusual because I respected him a lot and I, know, I knew that he had a lot of things to do next morning. So Eric decided to stay. Like, 
you'd think that most of those people would like at least check in yeah. like hey stop looking for me i'm actually right. fine because i right. went to visit my girlfriend yeah, right. yeah i mean it's just this terrible tragic situation something like 70 people were confirmed to definitely have been in the building when it collapsed so we so really there's only about 40 or 50 i think people who are truly unaccounted for. So the big thing now is like the blame game, like, uh, you know, in the media and just in human nature, one of the things that we're looking to do is like figure out what went wrong. Like mm -hmm. how can we prevent the next one of these? Um, in 2018, there was a building inspection that found some structural damage with the concrete. But, um, in a lot of the country, including in Florida, there's not necessarily a lot of oversight to companies that are going to run a building like this. Like, they're not required by law to do, like, regular structural inspections. Right. So um, they're kind of on their own to make sure that a tragedy like this doesn't happen. And clearly, like, you know, that is a tough situation because um at, at least some of the building owners are just not doing that right, right i believe that the the city citations against the uh that building at the time were about trimming their hedges not about anything safety related right far be it for me to say like you know we need the government to step in and save everybody you know we need more intervention and more regulation but, you know, maybe that's something that we need to be looking at is, like, if you own a building, it needs to be regularly inspected. And if you're not going to do that, then the city needs to step in and make sure that you do. Yeah, I think or, when it whenever it comes to health and safety, like, yeah, we want some oversight here. Or maybe, say, a utility because... Accountability. Because Texas's lights have mm. been going out again. Uh, this time, not because it's too cold, but because it's too hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, basically, like, some, some basic accountability when it comes to, um, you know, I think uh, the Texas thing is more health and safety, ultimately, because in that kind of heat, if People you die. can't cool yourself off, yeah, absolutely. Same as they were dying in the cold. So, um, you know... And they learned... I think the heat is a little bit less dangerous than the cold, but you know, all the same. I mean, it depends on it depends on who you are, but I I think that's fair. But it's inexcusable that they have this problem after the problem was already exposed during the winter, and they did f all about it. What they did was they made fun of the lib cucks. I forget what we're calling ourselves now. Regarding this building, it is absolutely tragic. We actually talk a little bit about it uh, in an upcoming episode. So teaser, we interview a special guest who has some insights into uh, some of these regulations. But the bottom line is that our government is not doing its job to protect us and keep us safe. Right. And, like, I don't know that there is an existing law that currently requires people to inspect their own buildings, but... If anything, this highlights maybe the need to. Like, a, yeah. a lot of these condominium owners, you know, they're trying to get a paycheck. It's a for-profit company, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can just coast on <laughs> never repairing your building. 
I don't have that much more detail about it, but it's just it's terrible the uh, the loss of life. Right. Well, and and I think you know something that we should keep in mind is this is also a climate change problem because buildings are being subjected to more and more higher intensity weather. There were I think three really really bad tropical storms this year this past year mini fact check i wasn't sure on this one either so i thought i'd do a quick fact check as far as tropical storms this year may 22nd anna june 14th bill june 19th claudette june 28th danny and on july 1st elsa which became a category one hurricane the thing is that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration still expects a very active season with a likely range between 13 and 20 named storms still, 6 to 10 of which could become hurricanes. Forecasters predict a 60% chance of an above normal season. So we don't even know what we're into yet, but we're going to find out. Mini fact check. I don't really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been. It's just been rising and rising, and uh, add that to you know rising water levels. You're gonna. You're you're putting a lot of your infrastructure under more stress, hmm. and you're likely investing less in it because Florida is run by Republicans. Yeah. Right, and just think of all the difference between like the amount of effort it would have taken for these inspections and the amount of effort that they're doing now digging through the rubble. But that's right. seven minutes. Cool. Okay, who is next in the <laughs> I list? I am. Um, all right, so what I want to talk about is hashtag free Britney. Um, so Britney Spears, that Britney Spears, yeah. Yeah, the singer right. from the 90s. That- for those of you who don't know, which I assume is probably, actually maybe a few of you because I don't know how popular she got in India, but, uh, so Britney Spears, pop singer from the 90s, and she had this very public meltdown in 2008, mm-hmm. and at that point was, her father was given custodial or, or conservatorship over her. Mm-hmm. Um, and her money, more importantly. And her money. So he has... that, And what that basically means, and I'm not a lawyer, so, you know, maybe... I, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but basically... I'm just a humble country lawyer trying to do the best I can against this brilliant prosecutor from the big city of Lansing. He has complete control over what she does, how her money gets spent, what performances she does, what contracts she signs, everything. It's like she's 16. And her parent, her father has just complete legal domination. She recently has been appealing that conservatorship, trying to take control back over her life since she's been doing a pretty good job of living her life for the last 10 years or so. No more public meltdowns that I'm aware of. She was denied that. They they kept her father in charge of her and it's bullshit. Right, so it's a very extreme move, uh, conservatorship. It's, like, most often in, like, elderly people who 
you can demonstrate to a court like can no longer take care of their own finances their well-being their day-to-day activities when you can prove to a court that they're no longer able to take care of themselves in this way then you ask the court to grant you a conservatorship and like it's debatable whether that was the appropriate move at the time right it's it's supposed to be for seniors people who are or or people who are not like who have a mental disability or something that keeps them from being able to handle their stuff um like very extreme instances right a lot of times it's like end of life care right and and the average length that people live under a conservatorship is usually about five years and crucially there's absolutely zero expectation of that person regaining that ability to run their their business so Mm -hmm. there it, it there's no reason to think about an end to it because it's for specifically things that are just you know basically they're going to end when that person dies but I saw something where, like, um, you know, Brittany was getting paid an allowance, an allowance out of her own money, of, like, $2,000 a week, whereas the guy that was managing her, I think it, it might have been her father or it might have been somebody that was hired to do that. I believe was, it is her father. It is her father. Was getting paid, like, $10,000 a week. So, I mean, whether he has her best interests at heart is questionable but it really seems like um you know now that she is under this conservatorship she really has no legal rights like you waive basically any rights that you have to like represent yourself to go seek legal counsel to uh you know sign your own power of attorney like all of these powers that like a normal citizen has like she has none of it she's she's sort of like in slavery and i i know that that's like a icky comparison but like she has less rights than a normal person yeah big time it's super it's wild that it ever happened in the first place and it is absolute and total bullshit that it's continuing and like it's definitely something that nobody is is happy about like Right. People on the left and right are all like, F- you, free Britney. Right. It was it was considered an extreme move at the time just because there are other options that you can pursue first. You can pursue power of attorney. You have other legal avenues before conservatorship that would let, you know, Britney still retain more of her autonomy. Right. I mean, what I will say is I don't know enough about any of this. I've never had a conversation with Britney Spears. I I don't know how stable she is or unstable. I don't know if this is ever a a reasonable thing to do. But it's been interesting because there have been a couple documentaries that have come out about this that I have not seen recently. And she has blown up. Her her public image has blown up a lot, uh, gotten very popular. And uh, I don't know. Like, it, it seems pretty messed up i am in general in favor of people having autonomy over themselves and like the money that they earn i shouldn't be in a conservatorship if i can work and provide money and work for myself and pay other people so really quick before time expires there yeah there's a couple like 
new updates coming in through the news like in the last 24 hours or so of, of this recording anyway that her lawyer is trying to resign and her manager quit on her so that hmm. sucks for her yeah um but yeah i don't know what's what? going on but it seems like everything is is fizzling out for her and i don't know why mini fact check Things aren't always as they seem. Britney's lawyer is quitting because there is a rumor that he has been working on behalf of Britney's father and the conservatorship instead of Britney herself. And Britney's manager is quitting because there is a rumor that Britney will be retiring after this because she has been forced to go on tour before by her father and the conservatorship. And if she can't control her money, she no longer wants to work. We'll see. A lot of this is still up in the air, but it is very confusing. I'm going to include a video by Legal Eagle. We've referenced him before. He's a YouTuber and does a really good job of explaining complicated legal issues. That will be in the doobly-doo. Anyway, thanks. Mini fact check. Even, even the initial incident in 2008, I thought the media kind of over-exaggerated because like yeah she shaved her head and yeah she freaked yeah. out at paparazzi but paparazzi like they badger these people like 24 hours well, a day like it's understandable to freak out at the, paparazzi. the one thing that i think is important that she did back then was she drove with her baby on her lap time so i don't know if i wanted that to be the last <clears throat> word but it is <laughs> <laughs> now it is cool what do you got nathan all right well speaking of the last word this is not it. All right, Purd. You know who I want to talk about? Uh, let's let's talk about Bill Cosby. Oh man, so this is a tough one. Is it? Is it really? Uh, the, the pudding. I I can't do a good Cosby. You can't do a good Cosby because that man doesn't exist. I can do an evil Cosby. Got him. So, uh, Bill Cosby, a famous rapist, has been released from prison. Woo! That's why it's a tough one. I mean, it's not a tough one because I'm split on the issue. It's a tough one because, like, have you looked into, like, the legal reason why he was released? Like, it's it's really fucked up. There's a bullshit loophole. Right, so... From what I understand, uh, the I forget what state this was from, but the state Supreme Court heard his case. Pennsylvania. Thank you. So the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, heard his case, and the reasoning given was that the uh, previous prosecutor had said that they weren't going to press charges against Cosby, to which he went and on the stand said things that, he may not have said had he known that charges were still uh, an option. So the things that he said uh, on the stand about the uh, that were still in the statute of limitations about the rapes he had committed uh, were then taken up by a new prosecutor who said, yes, we're going to prosecute you because you raped a whole bunch of people and then you talked about it. And the argument by the Supreme Court, from what I understand, was that, well— the old prosecutor said that they wouldn't press charges, so no take backsies. Right. Well, so so the important part about this is that it was for a civil case. Um, the prosecutor declined to prosecute Cosby and told Cosby, "We're not going to prosecute you 
for a criminal charge, um, but so that the uh, the victim in this case can get something for the civil case, um, we would like you, in exchange for not prosecuting you criminally, that you would testify for the civil case. There's a really important constitutional amendment that prevents you from self-incrimination. It's the fifth. And if the government makes a deal with you to say, like, you know, you're going to waive your right from self-incrimination, they're supposed to keep their end of that bargain. Um, so, but it's it's really questionable behavior by this original prosecutor, well, for sure. Well, and there was already a trial about it. There was a time to bring up that, oh, wait, he made a deal saying that they weren't going to bring these charges? That time was more than three years ago. Get fucked. Right. Rapist. Get fucked. I don't give a <laughs> Like, you, uh, at that point, you had an opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute. You can't bring these charges. This comes up three years later? Get out of here. Well, it's overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, is why. Well, I don't know how long it took. Uh, Is this really just a... Is this an actual, like, continuation? Was there... Or is this something that they found out after the fact? Um, they overturned his conviction. (laughs) So, here's the fun thing for me. I I believe that... I believe that people get equal protection under the law... But also I feel like that rapists should face consequences because so rarely do they. Mm. Uh, they end up, you know, becoming president or sitting on Ooh. the Supreme Court or, you know, no. like writing a book deal after they're released from their contract with Fox News and make like $30 million. It's all real bad. This was a hit job, a political and financial hit job. Lots of, lots of rapists out there. What about uh, Felicia Rashad's comment when he gets out and she tweets? Rashad tweeted, Finally, a terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. She's a freaking dean at Howard University. Oh my god, Felicia I liked Felicia Rashad. Former Cosby Show star Felicia Rashad has apologized to Howard University students and families. The newly appointed dean of the College of Fine Arts came under fire this week when she tweeted in celebration after former co-star Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction was overturned. Rashad wrote in the apology letter that her remarks were not directed towards survivors of sexual assault and that she finds no excuse for such behavior. She also said she will participate in trainings to reinforce university protocol and learn how to become a stronger ally to sexual assault survivors. So her apology tweet, I guess, was something along the lines of, not that I support raping. (laughs) Well. Victims should be able to come forward. Well, you're certainly backing the system that suggests they shouldn't. So So anyway, what are we doing here? I just want to be clear. Like, and I think Pat's point is important, and I kind of agree with it. If he did, in fact, make an agreement, and that is what the law says, he should have been able to expect that agreement would be held. But also, he's a rapist, and f*** him. So I think I agree with well, both both sides, like both of what you're saying. I think there's blame on both sides. And also, the opportunity to point out that, that this agreement, this deal existed, is long past. 
at that trial, he should have been like, hey, wait a second, y'all said... Yeah, and he did, and they said, fuck you, you're a rapist. Did he? Did he? The sexual assault case against Bill Cosby will go back to court next month. A Pennsylvania judge refused to dismiss the criminal case after a two-day hearing. Cosby's lawyers claim there was a long-standing deal not to prosecute. Well, yeah, so, so what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is doing is they're saying that his right to uh, be free from self-incrimination was not properly waived. So they did take it into account in the trial. They said, yeah, but you're a rapist, so we don't really care that we broke our <laughs> promise, go to jail. And then this appeal to the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court has taken three years to go to get handled. And what they decided was, well, screw the will of the people. Time. No, that's a good place to end because that's how our government treats us anyway, so... Bazinga. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, so, here's another crazy thing that happened. Um, John McAfee uh, apparently killed himself in Spanish prison, although I guess it's somewhat debatable as to whether he had the intention to kill himself or not it is um actually less debatable than even jeffrey epstein because he tweeted all right i'm sorry i'm interrupting yeah no 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 please um this is my next point is the yeah. uh, is the tweet if you have it he tweeted uh like about a, a month before he was murdered in jail saying i'm happy and i'm good and i'm comfortable and i'm not going to kill myself if i'm die mysteriously I did not kill myself. It actually was a while ago because it was it was 2019. Oh, was it that but long? But it says, oh. yeah, if I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. <laughs> I think there was one more recently. Maybe that, yeah, maybe there's an Epstein one. He had, he had a few of them, though. He had, like, this was not something that he, this was not a one-off thing, comment for him. He made it a habit, or maybe not a habit, but he multiple times would tweet out, that, hey, if I die, and they say it's suicide, it was not. So, no, nah, I'm gonna pass. I don't know why the powers that be or whoever had him killed. I don't quite know what, like, secrets he may have had or something. But clearly it was something, because there's absolutely no way... That that guy just committed suicide after the consistent reassurances that he was not going to commit suicide. I mean, it's there's a universe that exists where it's possible he changed his mind, but like it looks really bad that he tweeted that several well, times. Here's what I would say: right. uh, the only thing that I can think of that would that would have changed his mind is such intense torture that cannot be legal. So either way. We're talking about some sort of human rights violation who, here. Who knows? I like so probably. Just to be clear, October fifteenth, twenty twenty, at two p.m. I am content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. Right. And that was October twenty twenty. October fifteenth, twenty twenty. And then when did he die? June twenty third, twenty twenty one. After that, <laughs> uh, I I think it was last month. So okay, um, it was recently. Months. But but the the thing is, conspiracy theorists are coming out of the woodwork 
And uh, saying things like he predicted the Miami condo collapse, which he definitely did not. They're trying to assign these, oh like, God. supernatural, like, predictive powers to him. Yeah. Right. Um, that just aren't there. There are certain people in the world, Valerian, uh, I'm not saying that I'm among them, but I certainly know many who are, who have very unique talents. So it, it came right on the heels of uh, Spain saying that they will extradite him to the U.S. for tax fraud, which is what the U.S. government has been after him for some time. But this guy had a crazy life. So he was accused yeah. of murdering his neighbor in Belize, which he then fled the country. At one point he was running, in 2016, he was running for the presidency as a libertarian candidate. Along the way, of course, McAfee ran for president. He posted a video on New Year's Eve 2015. Spy cameras are hidden in cactuses. The government surreptitiously parses our verbal communications, and the concept of privacy is fast approaching extinction. Hatred, anger, jealousy, fear, greed, distrust, and the whole host of afflictions that humans must bear lurk just beneath the surface of civility displayed by government. Obviously, he's famous yeah. for antivirus, but he, he also had this fortune from cryptocurrency by that it's not a covid thing that we mean antivirus computer software yeah mcafee antivirus if you haven't heard of it today we're going to be showing our friends andrew and lisa the basics of the internet and we thought you might want to come along it'll be cool right but he like he sold that fairly early on and just has been living off of the insane amount of money that he made off of it and apparently wanted dead by like several cartels his life story is just like bonkers his his uh, wife was somebody that was sent by the cartels to spy on him, which he wound up, like, finding out, but he didn't blame her and wound up, like, marrying her anyway. Huh. Uh, five years ago, he referred to McAfee antivirus as, quote, one of the worst products on the f***ing planet. <laughs> it, it is. It actually He's, is, like, well, a really he... terrible piece of software. Right. And he's been living on the run for some time now, like on a boat in international waters or something. Like mm -hmm. just like he's been on the on on the lamb. Um, question then for you guys: uh, Who would play him in a movie about him? I want to say Johnny Depp. It's almost never a bad answer. I'd love a Christopher Walken. Ooh, uh, I get. I mean, have, like. I kind of feel like an, a Robert Downey Jr. vibe. Okay. I would also accept a uh, Man in the Moon style Jim Carrey. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah, anyway. But they're definitely going to make John movies Frank out of this guy's McAfee. life story because his life story is He's... just bonkers. Ooh, absolutely. Can't wait for it to come out. He has some really interesting interviews, like Adult Swim, the Cartoon Network segment like interviews him and it's like this very awkward like contentious interview do you fear death <laughs> no not at all um Oki's weird story is the same guy who did the uh <laughs> gay frogs video like investigating yes. the alex jones claim um has an interview with john mcafee in which john mcafee threatens his life <laughs> at the end of the interview john mcafee <laughs> says um, if you keep asking questions like this, what do you think is going to happen to you? 
Yeah. <laughs> Direct yeah. quote, yeah, John just... McAfee. So, kind of like a gangster. Uh, like, I I wonder what his connection was with, with car- drug cartels, and if he, like, had some involvement with, like, international drug trafficking. Mind if I shoot up heroin on camera? Uh, I would advise you against that. <laughs> I'm not shooting it up, I'm just getting ready for it. Right. Hmm. But we're running out of time. That's five seconds if anyone wants to get the last word in. Uh, I'm good. Bill Cosby's a rapist. Ah, that's that's over the line, unfortunately. Ah, damn. That can't make the episode. So, back around to me. Um, I want to talk about uh, something that you guys don't really pay much attention to, and that's sports. Um, How dare you? Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, that's fair. Um, However, so, recently, it's actually not even super sports related. Well, it is. So, the Supreme Court ruled recently that NCAA, which is the college basketball, it's the North Coast Athletic Association, it's the the group that runs all of the intercollegiate athletic programs or whatever you... Okay. Anyway, so college sports we're talking about. And the Supreme Court decided that colleges basically can pay students. They can compensate. It's a little more nuanced than that, and we can maybe dig into it. But for right now, they expanded what kind of compensation student athletes can get. So previously, you could, and hopefully you've already started the timer. I just started Um, it because you had kind of a rambling... Uh, opener there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I roll. That's my style. <laughs> I ramble. So previously, students could get scholarships, and I think there were like a few other things that students could get as basically compensation for playing sports at college. But this this new Supreme Court ruling says that students can are allowed to profit from their name, image, and likeness, and I think there's also something where they can actually just be paid. So so this is a huge departure and, like, a really big deal. Can you explain the philosophy behind not paying them in the first place? Like, what's what's the purpose of that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Modern-day slavery. Exploitation. Well, okay, but, like, what's... What would they? What would they? <laughs> what would they argue is the purpose of that? Like it's uh, to keep it's to keep they, kids what from they like call the pressures am- of so the, professional sports while they're in college. Right. In theory, the whitewash word is amateurism, which in in practice, essentially, what this is: we think that you should just entertain us for free. You can make money later. And well, and like that's that's a fun way. So the actual argument is your value here is that you are getting an excellent education, hmm. and in exchange you are performing this task that you were given a scholarship in exchange for. But the yeah. thing is, it's it's also based in this idea that these schools make insane amounts of money off of college sports and. It's the way they fund everything else at the school in a lot of in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and so the idea was, it, it is absolutely exploitation. Uh, it is using using these young men and women exploiting these people for 
a relatively inexpensive education in exchange for the millions upon millions upon so, millions of dollars that they make mm, off of uh, merchandising mm-hmm, and right. ticket sales yep. and everything. Mini fact check. Just to put this in perspective for a moment, according to the NCAA's own website, the total athletics revenue reported among all NCAA athletics departments in 2019 was $18.9 billion. We're using 2019 here because obviously things were a little different for everything in 2020. These are the last numbers that are actually relevant to what we're talking about. Mini fact check. Absolutely. I want to read uh, a, a quote from the uh, from from uh, the Supreme Court legal the, brief. Well, from yeah, the 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 decision or whatever. Yeah. Quote: Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. It is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. And surprisingly, the justice who uh, who delivered that remark, it was freaking Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, we drank beer. Uh, my friends and I, the boys and girls. Yes, we drank beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. We drank beer. The drinking age, as I noted, was 18. So the seniors were legal. Senior year in high school, people were legal to drink. And we yeah, we drank beer. And I said sometimes sometimes probably had too many beers and sometimes other people had too many beers what we drank beer we liked beer interesting so um Uh, uh, just to just point out brett kavanaugh is a rapist yeah um but he does make a good point here although i I would love for him to turn that logic on a few other um (laughs) well we should say alleged rapist right (laughs) like it it wasn't proven in a court of law that he was committing a crime it was in the hearing that was confirming him as a Supreme Court justice. Like, come well, at me, Brett. Cer- certainly, I mean, we should certainly we should believe women, but like, you know, uh, that wasn't something that was proven in a court of law. In in most also cases, not super. Re- okay, like, yeah, not sure. A, I mean, I that's a different rabbit hole, I think, um, and it's enough of a rabbit hole that yeah. So so there were um, these very so, strict rules, like kids couldn't sell their rings, like. Um, you could kit you could get into serious kids got kicked out. Yeah, you could get in serious trouble for receiving any kind of compensation relating to your uh, sports performance. So yeah, absolutely. So this is gonna do. It's going to make a. It's gonna change very very dramatically the um the landscape of the college sports. I want to just really quickly, and part of the reason I brought this up even is to promote my own thinking, my own yeah, thought, please. my own radical idea, which is, ooh, hot take, that I think that uh, college sports should all just be like extracurricular, um, if you're going to college, you're, you should be there to go to school, and if you want to play a sport, whether it's intramural or intercollegiate, like, that's fine, but... It's not ever the reason that you're there. I think we should get rid of sports scholarships entirely. And and what I think we should do is create a pro- like proper minor league systems. Let those kids who instead of going to college as a form of a minor league, and I'm mostly talking about co- uh, football and basketball here, 
but those are the ones that are the big problem. Instead of turning college into a pseudo minor league, just have a professional minor league, pay them as professionals, let them be professionals, and if they decide that they want to go to college later, then great, or whatever. Like, you can work uh, deals for paying tuition into your contracts if you want. I don't There's lots of ways to handle that. Um, or just go to college and then go professional. Like, fine too, but I just think we should get rid of the whole thing. Well, there's a market. There's a market demand for this. Like, I mean, I. Right, but I'm saying still provide it. Just do it outside of college format. Right. I think that while there's a demand for it, and while there's people that are willing to provide this service, like, who am I to step in the middle of that? Um, I, much like Mitt Romney, enjoy sports. I mean, I figured he had to be in sport, but he wasn't in sport. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I feel, uh, like I have no, like, I don't know what the answer here is. Clearly they deserve to be paid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I think there are definitely a number of people who enjoy, alumnus of these schools, enjoy these sports, the college sports. I mean, March Madness is is huge every year. I mean, college and football. time. Did I sound like I knew what I was talking about with sports there at the end? Uh sure. Yeah. You talked about you said March Madness. Sport. <laughs> that's I... a, that's something that only someone who lives in the United States and is conscious. Yeah, sport. <laughs> this means it's my turn, and what I would like to talk about is Dr. Fauci. Tony Fouch, as the kids call him. The Fouch. <laughs> came out and released some information this week. 99% plus, I think it's 99.2% of those who have died uh, of COVID in the last six months have been unvaccinated. 0.8% of... Gasp. <laughs> yes. 0.8% of people who have died have been vaccinated. Now, here's the thing. Vaccines are not 100%. What what did they say the, like, Johnson & Johnson was supposed to be 96%, and I believe the other ones were at, like, a little bit above that. But, like, 0.8% is so much lower than anyone had predicted for the efficacy of these vaccines. Back check, back check, back check. And welcome back to Fact Check. All right. Uh... Full disclosure, I've tried to record this thing like four times, but I keep on falling over my words or I picked the wrong recording device. It's it's a big thing, but we're going to get through it together. I believe in you, and I don't know if you believe in me or not, but it'd be nice. If, if you believe in me, you know, go ahead and like leave us a comment or a review on iTunes saying, I believe in Nathan. That'd be great. And as everybody knows, there's no better way to show that you believe in me than heading over to Patreon and subscribing to our channel. Anyway, what we're going over right now are the effectiveness of the different vaccines in two different categories. The first category is how effective they are at fighting COVID-19 in people who just have symptoms. The second number is how effective it is in fighting COVID-19 with people with underlying conditions for whom the virus is more dangerous. We're going to go over them for each vaccine of the three major ones and you can make your decision after that. First of all, Pfizer. 95% effective at preventing COVID-19 with symptoms. Greater than 89% effective in preventing 
COVID-19 for people who have underlying conditions. Moderna vaccine, 94% effective at preventing the COVID-19 virus with symptoms, greater than 90% effective in preventing COVID-19 for people with underlying conditions. And lastly, Johnson & Johnson, 66% effective at preventing the COVID-19 virus with symptoms, but 89% effective at preventing the COVID-19 virus for those with underlying conditions or severe illness. As always, don't take our word for it. I'm going to put the information uh, from... As always, don't take our word for it. This information it comes directly from mayoclinic.org. I will include a link I'll include a link to the information in the doobly-doo, and let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. That does suck a lot, though. Imagine being that yeah. 0.8% or, like, that being your loved one. Like, you're, that is You're definitely yeah, winning the tragic. reverse lottery there. Um, yeah. But here's what I want to talk about. Boy, we've been messing up with statistics uh, and uh, just actual information in this episode, and... Fact checks can only do so much. Let's talk about this. How do you guys feel about going out without masks? And go. I'm fine with it. I think it's fine. Like, I, I, I think it. it's been fine for a while. As long as you are vaccinated, as long as you're taking the precautions that you need to take, as long as you're limiting, like, who it is that you're exposed to, or, like, you know, choosing, choosing your exposure circle mm -hmm. carefully i think it's perfectly fine i don't think it's a great time to start going to like conventions concerts riding the subway you know like places where you're like in confined spaces with a ton right. of strangers because uh there are still covid variants there are still um you know that 0.8 percent um, there's there's still danger of spreading it even though you are vaccinated that you can spread it to others um, but like you know having to religiously wear a mask everywhere you go like I don't think that that's where we've been for a while I think that once you're vaccinated you don't have to worry as much about that at all yeah I agree being being well fully vaccinated and then some well <laughs> in the sense that I was fully vaccinated quite some time ago. I have been going out in public without a mask and not feeling bad about it anymore. But like Pat said, like, I'm not going to, like, huge events yet unless I know, well, uh, no huge events. I don't like doing that anyway. But, but like, I, I don't go to, you know, large, large gatherings unless I know that there's a standard there that people are vaccinated or, they're well, or they will wear their masks. Sure. And my thing is, when I've been going out, I'm still wearing a mask down on my chin. And then if anybody seems uncomfortable, I, I, I will pull it back up if someone comes too close or whatever. But the weird thing about it is, this whole last year, year and a half, a lot of the reason I've been wearing masks, and they said it over and over again, is like, you wear your mask for the other people. Like, you wearing your mask is what mm -hmm. protects other people, and them wearing their masks is what protects you. And the thing is, the only people here, so I still feel bad. There are people who cannot get vaccinated. And I feel bad for those mm -hmm. people. It's definitely, definitely safer for them now than it was before, potentially. 
I mean, at least from a COVID standpoint. But for the most part, for the 99.2% part, the people who are putting themselves at risk are pretty much 100% anti-vaxxers. So, like, I don't know that I can protect you anyway. Like, no amount of me wearing a mask is going to protect you long term. Because if you're Mm -hmm. content or if you're committed to being a dumbass around this stuff, like, what am I going to do? I'm not, like, actively going to try and infect you. In fact, quite the opposite. But I'm not... You're not that guy. How, How am I going to... Like, I can't stop living my life now. Like, I have to make the choice now... That you had to make last year. <laughs> Have you guys seen that uh, viral video, the "You're Not That Guy" video? No. What is it? I'll, I'll share it in the doobly doo. It's it's pretty great. It's it's a anti uh, anti masker in public, basically like harassing a young person who recorded him on his phone. <laughs> it's great. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. But mm. it's not that fair enough. relevant for our but seven minutes. But we now have to deal with. 80-plus countries now have the Delta variant, which is extremely contagious. Yikes. I don't know about this. Can you tell me more about that? I mean, extremely in relation to the the one, the the couple strains that we're used to, not extremely compared to, like, SARS. So, uh, it's a version of... Or like Ebola or whatever. Right, I was going to say, its actual name is... I know it's in the SARS family, I know, I know. Right, SARS-CoV-2. It's a virus that caused, uh, the virus that causes COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, it was first detected in India late last year and contains mutations in the gene that codes for spike protein, which the virus uses to enter the cells in the body. So it's just a, it's just a variant that is, mm-hmm. is incredibly infectious. A direct question, how much of a threat is the Delta variant right now? Uh, Judy, it's a significant threat. It it clearly has the capability and the efficiency of transmitting very readily from person to person, which makes it a considerable threat. And if you look at how it's becoming dominant in this country, it went from a couple of percentages points of the variants that were in circulation to now, it's close to 80 plus percent, and in some regions of the country, up to 90 percent of the variants are the Delta variants. So it's already shown its incredible ability to be able to efficiently transmit from person to person, which makes it very dangerous. So the CDC, the CDC hasn't called for it yet, but the WHO is calling for people who have antibodies and who are uh, vaccinated to still wear masks whenever they're indoors in like crowded like 20 second morning guys so anyway Hmm. we got that to deal with but like yeah the anti-vaxxers are killing themselves and i don't know that i can stop that no i don't know it's such a shame oh well yeah i mean it it is tragic the loss of life is terrible but i was going to semi-jokingly say i'm not sure if i want to stop that no no i'm not i know i'm 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 mostly kidding that's seven minutes all right, so it's what we've been waiting for. It's been a long time coming. We like if you're like me, you've been following this for a long time. They have finally indicted. We've heard all this story about yeah. the grand jury and there's a bunch of leaked data. I, like I I don't really appreciate that um grand jury proceedings that are supposed to be like behind closed doors and are kept 
from the public for a reason that all this information kept leaking out of them but all the same we finally have an indictment against the trump org well first of all it's great to be with you and thank you everybody and i think specifically like uh, a bunch of the executives like uh, ben weisselberg i think a bunch of people are named specifically but um the indictments are out which means that you know any evidence that gets destroyed at this point would be obstruction of justice you know there's actual charges that are going to be coming which we weren't always sure that there really would be charges biden had toyed with the idea of pardoning trump and or people involved in uh criminal wrongdoing in the trump org just to sort of make peace just to like yeah bring the country together the country together um a move which i you know, I can feel the sentiment of, but I think it's too dangerous of a precedent to set. Nobody has business doing what I just said, doing that. Um, that, you know, that we're going to just excuse wrongdoing because it's done by a president. Like, I don't think that's ever a good legal take that that a certain person or a certain group of people are above the law because of politics. And really, this is like a vindication, like, um, you know, two impeachment trials that were, you know, failed to convict because of politics. And now we're going to actually see stuff go on in a real court. So I've eaten up two minutes. Do you guys have something you want to say? One thing off the top of my head, first of all, Donald (laughs) Trump has not been touched. And I think you mentioned that. But just to reiterate, Donald Trump has not been charged with a sh**. Donald Trump's company was. Sure. But not him. So well, it, they could they could bring charges against him, but it, they haven't right. yet. And and that's the whole thing is like this is just right. they're working through some other stuff. They have enough evidence to bring these charges, so they're going ahead and dropping those ones. But th- their investigation is continuing on, so there's going to mm-hmm. be more. They're probably like. They're probably going to bring charges against Trump at some point. This is just another lie. Even so, to a certain extent, it's going to have, even if it sticks and he goes to jail, it will have, for me, that sort of bitter, just bitter taste of, like, the whole Al Capone for for tax fraud thing. Like, you can't get Al Capone for tax fraud? You're here because you got nothing. You got nothing in court. You don't got the bookkeeper. You got nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I should say that the uh, the the charges are for tax fraud, tax evasion. Um, what they're accused of doing. I mean, Donald Trump's responsible for the death of hundreds of thousands of Americans by spreading of misinformation, mm-hmm. active spreading of misinformation during a global pandemic. Cornell University study has traced Donald Trump as the root of all COVID-19 related misinformation. The study concluded U.S. president as the single largest driver of misinformation during the pandemic. Like, that is. Right there. Right. He, like, can we, sure. can we please, please get him for what he deserves to be gotten for? No, you can't. But. No, because you, you can't get a sitting president for that stuff. You can't sue, you can't sue a sitting president for, for that stuff or like for the things that he did as a sitting um, president. You can probably in civil, lit- maybe, I don't know. Mini fact check. 
1982, during Nixon v. Fitzgerald in a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court ruled that the president is entitled to absolute immunity from legal liability for civil damages based on his official acts. The court, however, emphasized that the president is not immune from criminal charges stemming from his official or unofficial acts while he is in office. Mini fact check. I don't, I don't really care. I want to throw everything they can think of at them and just see what gets through. What the org is accused of doing, among other things, is sure. like um, paying people under the table and saying, like, you know, we're not going to declare this on any of our taxes, but we're going to buy you a Lamborghini or we're going to, you know, we're going to pay for expensive. Um, yeah, Mercedes-Benz leases, children's private school educations. Right, but we're going to keep that off the mm-hmm. books and we're not going to pay taxes on it. Right, and, and then additionally, that they were oh, inflating yeah, yeah. the value of their buildings in order to get loans and Did... then deflating the value for the same building when they were declaring them for taxes, yeah. Did you already mention, this is possibly my favorite part of this whole thing, did you already mention how they kept a book with the details of all of their tax dodging, <laughs> they can, I didn't they mention that yet, but that is that all, is like, true. Here's our illegal activity book. <laughs> oh, would you like that? <laughs> here's my thing. I think they they probably have a case against uh, Trump already, but if they can get people from the org to roll on him. Hmm. they suddenly have a much stronger case. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. They have a case at, and we're just guessing at numbers here, but let's say they have a case at 80%, and they know if they can get people to roll on them, they can get that case up to 96%, mm-hmm. which just makes their job in court easier. Um, well, I mean, we'll mm-hmm. see. I like Sure, and and does a better job of, of breaking the, his spell as well. Right, and I just, I don't care what they get him on. I don't, like... One minute. Yeah, sure, like, if we can get him on rape or, like murder or whatever that's great but whatever like it, it like you, mean, you get teflon don on whatever you can get to stick yeah yeah i'm not i'm not saying i would say i, I like it's not that i would turn turn it down right. i'm not gonna kick it out of bed for <laughs> eating crackers it's just i want him properly held accountable for what he's done because of his Cult following. The people, my people are so smart. And you know what else they say about my people? The polls. They say, I have the most loyal people. Did you ever see that? Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. Because of that, I think it's that much more important to really truly hold them accountable for for his... A certain part part of this is like, feels a little bit meaningless to me because like you're just going to vindicate like all of their uh saying like oh you know the the manhattan da is just corrupt the manhattan da is just a bunch of democrats the reason that they're bringing this these charges is just political like they'll have an answer for everything unfortunately right but we that is time yeah sorry i had to get the last one in that wasn't on purpose but i guess for mine I'm going to sort of lump a couple things together, which is, since we we were just talking about uh, the former president, I'm going to give some shit to the current president. (laughs) And you're going to throw Jimmy Carter in there, too. Fuck you, Jimmy Carter. It is a crisis of confidence. 
I mean slightly f*** you, Jimmy Carter, <laughs> but only for your policies and not for your human beingness, because you were a good dude. Okay. Anyway, side note. Um, That was a side note. This is the main note. So, Biden, couple things regarding some foreign affairs, I guess. That's a bunch of malarkey. So, on one hand, the Afghanistan withdrawal is going as expected. In fact, a little bit worse than expected. Um, we are withdrawing troops. All of our, we have no troops outside of the capital at this point. And the Taliban has moved in to fill the void much faster than anticipated. But we knew it was going to happen anyway, so it's really not that relevant. Except that, you know, it starts to raise concerns about, like, are they going to try and take, how far are they going to go, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, so there's that. The other thing I wanted to, to talk about, so I'll just put them both on the table and you guys can pick and choose as you will, um, is Biden has been engaging in some strikes, some airstrikes, bombings in Syria and Iraq at, at some sites that are uh, associated with, supposedly anyway, uh, Iran-backed militias, which supposedly, anyway... Uh, we're planning imminent threats against the United States, which we totally believe, right? No. No, we don't. No. So anyway, a couple things going on there. So we're, we're picking fights with Iran, and we are letting the Taliban take over Afghanistan, and I have mixed feelings about both. Right, I think mixed feelings is exactly where I am. Um, like, for one thing, like, the anonymous like drone strike bombing of distant targets or like you know aerial bombardment of distant targets um it's done a lot of terrible things in the past there's been a lot of civilian casualties it's a really cowardly thing to do even having said all that it's still way better than the sort of foreign interventionism that has like boots on the ground and like american soldiers involved um but it's it's still pretty terrible um, do I believe that Iran was up to some bad shit? Like, maybe, you know, but, like... I'd say that that's pretty believable. That's pretty believable, sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, were they an imminent threat to U.S. interests? Mm. No, absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the U.S. has the, like, best military in the world. There, There's nothing that some little podunk militia backed by any Iran or pretty much anybody else is going to be able to do to us from from the Middle East or where to, like that all they really have are terrorism things a la 9/11 and if they do something like that then well they can hurt our they can no hurt one our friends, is gonna, they can hurt like, our allies they can hurt like yeah. they, one of the terrible things that's going on in Afghanistan is I that guess. like as we're withdrawing Anybody yeah. who gave any kind of aid to Americans while they were here, yeah. they're just going to execute. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. And there yeah, has been bad. some lip service from the Biden administration about getting those people out and getting them safe. But I haven't I haven't seen anything concrete yet. We've already begun the process. Those who helped us are not going to be left behind. You know what country they're going to move to first? I don't know that. I'll be meeting with the uh, with Ghani tomorrow. He's coming to my office. That will be discussion, but they're welcome here, just like anyone else who risked their lives to help us. Uh, did you guys hear 
we slipped out of uh, one of the uh, air bases. We just sort of like left in the middle of the night without oh, yeah. notifying anybody because it's the safest way to do it. I don't have a problem with that. What I do want to point out is an article from July 18th of 2011. 2011, uh, 10 years ago, The Onion uh, puts out an article, U.S. quietly slips out of Afghanistan in dead of night. (laughs) Which is exactly what we're doing right now. They predicted this a decade ago. That's funny. I think the thing that bugs me about both of these particular things... And I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm pretty much against the Syria and Iraq, the strikes in Syria and Iraq. I'm not pro-Iran either, but I don't, I don't see any reason why we really needed to, to airbomb those places. And it sketches me out that they won't actually tell us anything. All they do is give us the same BS line that they've been giving us since 9-11 of, oh, they were planning an imminent no. whatever. And I like I'm after 20 years of that I'm not, I don't believe them at all anymore I hmm. and they w- won't give us any actual of it so like with that one I feel a little bit more firmly like that should not have happened and there's no reason for it to have happened necessarily and like I I can't whatever. say anyway. anything without being a hypocrite about this and like I said a few weeks ago F- Israel for what they're doing, and this is the same thing. We don't trust you to give us the proper information about your targeting, and your targeting isn't accurate enough or careful enough about avoiding killing civilians for me to support what you're doing. I shit on Trump all the time. This is what I will happily, over and over again, shit on Obama. This this was his thing. Yeah. He He wanted the RoboCop drones out there killing anybody he could find. That are alive, you are coming with me. And f*** him for that. Um, American citizens. Yes. Right, well, if you do it to an American citizen, it's clearly like a constitutional violation of their due process. But even even if you're just shooting, yeah. like, non-Americans, like, why are well, we saying that it's way better to shoot non-Americans, you know? The catch is only if people find out about it. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, you know, I guess I'm against it. It is an awesome display of power, and it is a way of showing that we don't need to have soldiers on the ground to f*** your shit up from, like, hundreds of miles away. But, like, yes, I mean, I guess it's ethically wrong. <laughs> you guess? You guess. This is the uh, the person who recently was trying to tell us that his Christian faith gave him such clear insights into morality. You guess it's probably wrong i'm kidding i know that you're kidding um but we got 30 seconds if anybody wants to get in their last word (laughs) i got really nothing left to say on it yep uh everybody i hate everybody who's ever done anything there's literally no one in the world that i don't hate right now (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) uh bombing people from far away kicks <laughs> I hate everything. And that is time. Alright, All right. gentlemen. Well, you you feel like I lost the dice roll early in the episode, but actually I won it. Because you wanted to go last. Oh. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. Have you ever heard uh, you know the the concert where Jerry Lee Lewis was at uh, at the same concert with Elvis and he had insisted on being last. His contract said he was going to be last. And then Elvis was last because he's Elvis. 
Okay, and I'm so, not starting the timer yet. <laughs> yeah, so so <laughs> so Jerry Lee Lewis, in the middle of his performance, when he goes second to last, lights his piano on fire as he's singing Great Balls of Fire, and his thought process being that everyone would remember. I actually get to go last, uh, and I get to light the piano on fire. Uh, this is not a fun one. Let's buckle up. Uh, so our neighbors to the north have been finding a variety of dig sites at different Catholic schools where, let, let's just be honest with, I, I have no interest in covering up for the Catholic Church on this. The Catholic Church kidnapped indigenous children from their parents. They then uh, indoctrinated them with what they wanted them to know, forced them to pray, and then murdered them or acted with so little care where these children would die in their care, and then they would bury them in unmarked and sometimes uh, mass graves. Without And seven minutes, let's go. So, uh, Catholic Church, not great on so, this. I mean, in listen, I, and I'm not defending the Catholic Church here, but I will say that they only did those things because the people did not just assimilate willingly. Ooh, hot take. That is fair. That's fair. Wow. So. Um, that's a bad take. So, <laughs> <laughs> these, so these it, residential schools, um, they, they, they're, they're not just any uh, Catholic school. These are residential schools that were set up like expressly for this purpose and like had the authority to say, like, no, your kids have to come to this school so like i mean the the first thought that i had when hearing about this story was like well you stop sending your kid to that school probably they didn't have that option right no you know after a few hundred kids go missing you stop sending your kids to that school like they were being forced against their will to go uh i mean it's really terrible um the pope they were being abducted like in the middle of the night they were being basically like bribed away trudeau talked uh, to the pope and like gave the opportunity to the pope to apologize for this which the oh, pope I'll, pretty much I'll did go ahead not i'll splice in the pope's apology right here oh wait it it doesn't exist uh, oh, okay. yeah apology. i haven't heard it but i've what i've heard about it is that it was pretty much a non-apology de la camlops indian residential school Francis said he was pained to learn of the Kamloops discovery and urged Canadian political and Catholic leaders to, quote, cooperate with determination. But he did not offer an apology on behalf of the church or indicate one was being considered. And he was silent on demands in Canada for the release of documents about residential school children the church is believed to be holding. Yeah, he didn't apologize in any way. I think... What he did was acknowledge that the situation was sad, which is nothing. Yeah. Wow, what a shocking response. It's almost like we could have predicted that. Well, no, and I think this is one of those things where it, it's it got to suck to be a Catholic right now. Oh, they're, they're burning churches, actually, in Canada in protest, which, like, I mean, I'm kind of like, oh, no. Stop, don't come back. You know, I mean, it's a shame to be burning churches, but, like, in the face of having murdered, like, yeah. hundreds, maybe thousands of kids, like, 
uh, you know, you probably shouldn't have murdered a bunch of kids. The buildings are, like, whatever. And again, like, how long before we just acknowledge, like, the Catholic Church has this history of abusing and killing children and then covering up for the people who commit these acts. Yikes. Like, how long do we have to, like, let them... There's... I know that's a hot take. Ooh, hot take. But it's also accurate. Yeah. Do you you have a lot more incidents to back that up? Like, I mean, I'm sure I believe you. I just, like, where, where else and when else have they done that? Like, all over history, you're saying? Even with all that has been known about the Catholic Church's sexual abuse scandals, today's revelations about the historical role of Pope John Paul II in the elevation of a former archbishop accused of sexual abuse was stunning. A report from the Vatican found two popes either ignored, overlooked, or downplayed allegations when it came to taking tough action against Theodore McCarrick over two decades. Well, I'm specifically talking about in, like, modern history with the sex abuse at, like, in the Catholic Church where they moved priests from congregation to congregation, so they didn't even have to fire them or give them any sort of consequences whatsoever. Check out, there's a 2015 film called Spotlight, which was absolutely phenomenal. All-star cast, and talks about like the journal it's about the journalist who who first broke that story in boston about the the whole systemic child sex abuse and how and how hard it is to to break a story like that especially at that time because the catholic church has its fingers in everything Mm -hmm. Hmm. yep uh excellent movie excellent movie um i mean i feel like most of our life is being told about how great like Western civilization and and capitalism and Christianity and the this way of life is and everything and then the rest of our life is just figuring out how much of a lie it all is and how many people have been killed in its wake for either for just like hedonistic pleasure or for the sake of covering up other transgressions like uh, the whole Western civilization, the whole all everything of like everything that Europe has touched, is like wrought with murder and oppression, and it's not really a great heritage if you really think about if you like scratch beyond the surface. I don't know, like I don't have anything like positive to say. I just think like Catholic Church, what are you doing? Like, the only way through this is to acknowledge what happened and apologize for it profusely and move on. Uh, well, their historical records would indicate that proper procedure would go in a different direction. Yeah. Right, I mean, I, you know, as as the Christian of the podcast, like, I don't want to be put in the position of saying, <laughs> like, the Catholics are great, uh, they've got the right, right. take here... Or that, you know, they should have <laughs> murdered a bunch of children in Canada whenever they did. Like, if that was, like, a hundred over the last 200 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure really, like, how recently, the most recently they've the, done that. The last one was shut down in the 90s. Um, like, in general, that's terrible. I think we really have to look inside ourselves. Like, if, if the Catholic Church is not singing the right tune about this like we really have to look inside ourselves and say like what are we doing with our lives right um i I mean yeah but i i feel sort of like 
I, I'm just blown away by this response because you have a religion that is dying. I think it's easy to say that it's dying because the numbers keep on going down and down and down. And if like somebody sees that this is your response to something like this that is that's happened, like we got 30 what chance do you have? What chance do you have to bring more people into your faith? If this is the way they see well, you reacting to this and stuff. And why is it that you, this religion that supposedly is a beacon of, of morality is constantly at chasing moral progress in society? Right, that they're lagging behind is what you're saying. Always. Yeah. Right. Well, we got four seconds. Sorry, Nathan, so. if I cut you off. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Bill Cosby's a rapist. Well, you know what my favorite seven minutes is? In heaven? Precious moments. Oh. Precious moments. I was, I was hoping for some making out. Yeah, I've seen some better transitions, but not not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I threw out at one point, instead of calling these episodes lightning rounds, calling them seven minutes in heaven, <laughs> and you guys did not agree with that take at all. Oh, the lightning round is so exciting. Like, yes. I feel oh, like it, we're are, on a yeah. 90s game show or something. Yeah. And next, in the lightning round. I feel like we could probably pretty comfortably drop down to, like, six minutes since we were consistently <laughs> finishing early. That's what she said. How dare you. But let me go ahead. I This is actually from a while back, uh, but I recently saw it, and I think one of the images of this guy doing his thing has become viral in the last month or so. I want to talk about, for my precious moment, I want to talk about Wayne Doe. His last name is D-O. I don't know if that's correct pronunciation, but we're going to stick with it. And so back in 2014, somebody recorded him going around at the Fan Expo in Canada, which is sort of like a Comic-Con type thing. Mm -hmm. Tons of different cosplay. And he has dressed up as a combat medic. Hmm. And he has his little doctor's bag with him and everything like that. And what he does is he goes around at cons, and I have no idea if he's doing it himself anymore, but this has sort of led to other people cosplaying this, so other combat medics uh, at these cons. And what they do is they go around with tape and needle and thread and all kinds of stuff, and anybody who has a uh, costume that is falling apart or that is not looking the way it wanted to or whatever, they go around asking people if they need help and sewing up like holes in their costumes or repairing them, and I love it. That's I, cool. Like such a cool thing uh, to go to these cons and like have like be helping people all day and have a costume that lets people know like, hey, I can maybe get help over here. Yeah, he's got a shield and it says uh, what cosplay medic or something. Yes, cosplay medic. That's cool. Exactly. A friend of mine from high school does cosplay like freaking boss shout out to mike mcdonald he is absolutely wild I'll, put, I'll i'll see if i can maybe find a couple pictures to stick in the doobly-doo but um sure. i i think it's so cool cosplay i it seems like a lot of fun it seems like a hobby that i don't i just don't want to like <laughs> open the door to but I, I think it would be a lot of fun to get into that sort of thing you know costumes are cool agreed like we all love it on halloween why is it weird the rest of the time not so on the topic of costumes i am dubious of the source of this because i saw it from a meme but i will try to track down if there is a proper source for this but 
And welcome back to Fact Check. So let's just get this out of the way right at the top. This story isn't real. It's just a meme, a fun meme, but just a meme all the same. However, it turns out that the actual story that it's based on is just about as bonkers all on its own. It's based on documents released by WikiLeaks and a story that came out on Breitbart because of it. The title of the story was CIA keeps database of Japanese-style faces to use on online forums. Which seems pretty messed up until you realize that the CIA file folder labeled Japanese-style faces actually consisted entirely of ASCII faces and emoticons commonly used on message boards. This is still an entertaining precious moment, and I don't want to have to fact-check precious moments too hard moving forward, so let's all just try and enjoy it, okay? More information in the doobly-doo. Anyway, let's get back to the show. On the topic of costumes, the CIA apparently keeps a database of furry-style faces to use on online forums. So uh, WikiLeaks has published this report, uh, allegedly, that um, shows that the CIA has this this huge database of furry avatars for online forums that agents can pick and choose from. What I'm interested in that story, what I want to know, is what does the CIA have an interest in that the, that the furry community is doing? <laughs> like, what crimes do they think that they're committing? And it's not the domestic wing of intelligence, the FBI. It's the CIA, which is the international wing, which is even more bizarre. I mean, I suppose it makes sense that they have, like, disguises or, like, online personas. <laughs> yeah, I would but... say, like... Seems in theory, bizarre. you could fit a lot of explosives into a costume, you know? <laughs> Are there a lot of terrorists in the fur community? I am, I don't think so, but, like, no, I can I understand so how, like, it might be an easy way for a terrorist to infiltrate and be able to get explosives into, say, a high-profile place where high-profile people are staying at the same as time a as a furry convention. I guess. Like, in theory, I'm, I'm not saying that I think that this is actually a thing. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, it is conceivable that it might possibly be rational to a certain degree. I'm not saying that it is. It just might be. Right. Well, I'll have to fact check this headline because I just thought it was a really funny I headline, like it, like but it. I'll have to make sure that it's a real news story. Oh well, I guess for mine, I'm going to have It has to be it has to be cosplay related now. It's not. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not. Um, but it's Jeff Bezos related. So Okay. Oh, yeah, you're going to try and make me think Jeff is a good guy. Jeff? I won't fall for it. Big J, listen, let me tell you about Big J. Jeff has stepped down as CEO of Amazon. I'm not, it's it's rather unclear whether the person who's taking his place is, like, any better. Um, but whatever, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. And, and Jeff is launching himself into space, which super excited for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, he is taking with him 
a woman who was denied entry into astronaut training, or she completed astronaut training in the 60s, but she wasn't allowed to go into space because she was a woman. Um, and he's taken her with him, and she's probably going to die out there because she's <laughs> old, and I understand that space is not very forgiving on the body. So I'm not really sure exactly what, he's, what his plan is. Uh, but at any rate, he's doing that. Um, and there's also... <laughs> Woo! Yeah, right? He's such a good guy. I'm just saying, Ooh. like, let her die in space. Right. For gender equality. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the other thing about this is... So he's launching himself into space, but there is a small amount of controversy about whether or not he's going to be allowed back from space. Uh, <laughs> a ridiculous There is... Okay. Um, Continue. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's a petition, and it has, like, hundreds of thousands of signatures that we should not allow him back. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, Lim, can I just say, I am one of those signatures? <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> that, that's not a thing no, we can do, is it? it's just exile. No, you can live up in space. Yeah. He can he can pick any planet he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's um that's my PM for today. That's like murder though, right? <laughs> that's he can live in space, sure. Well, speaking of abandoning Jeff Bezos in space, I really need to come up with a catchphrase. Hopefully, we gave you guys a few things to think about this week. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye. I I wonder what nice. happens like if if there's a significant enough like signature there, what does it take to get that to Congress and make and like force Congress to actually vote on it? What's the threshold? <laughs> hey, you don't have to have Bezos money to support the podcast. Get involved on Facebook or Twitter. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Or if you want to go above and beyond and get some special extras, head over to Patreon and support us financially. Spicy editions of all our episodes are now going up on Patreon without any bleeps or blorps. And you'll get access to occasional mini-episodes a month before everybody else. We'll love you either way. Just leave him out there. Send him a few more old ladies. (laughs) No one can hear you make a trillion dollars by 2028 in space. <laughs> well, he'll have to watch out for the Jewish space lasers, though. We send him, like, a hamburger every now and then, just, like, like resupply him, but he's just, like, out in orbit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>